Welcome to We're Not Wizards. We are the best, but not wizards. Enjoy the show! My name's Richard. My name's Luke Pry. Because <laughs> he's put he's put on his Sunday name. He's put on his film. His film meat and two veg. He's got. I'm not. He's got a castle. <laughs> meat and two veg has got nothing to do with this. <laughs> I'm absolutely convinced. Now we're we're in knitwear because it's knitwear season. Mm-hmm. It is knitwear season. Mister Pryor is sporting what appears to be almost a lovely boucle uh, zip top kind of sweater number, which mm. has. It's what's that on the inside collar? Is that a is that a Burberry on the inside collar? No, is it just a normal? Oh, right. it's just no, grey. Just grey. Just grey. Primark. It's definitely not got Burberry <laughs> on the inside collar. I was trying to build you up. <laughs> it's like, well, what does he spend all his money on? And then you look at all the paints behind you and go, oh, well, that'll be it. <laughs> all, all the, the stuff around it. All the stuff. All the all the stuff around me. Um, you got a question straight off the bat, haven't you? Right, yes. I was going to be very stereotypical and potentially borderline racist, and uh, this is the discussion we were just having before we pressed record. Yep. And I was going to say, okay, de new, which, if if you've never heard of it, is essentially a general Scottish stereotypical greeting. Yes. And I was wondering what the translation of okay, de new is. Is 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 there a translation of it, or is it just some weird kind of phrase that's stuck and it's come kind down? Of a, I think it's it, kind it, of a mixture of both. Yeah, you know, it means kind of oh yes, the now. As oh, in yes, the oh now. yes, okay means oh yes, okay, oh yes, okay. Oh, I thought okay meant like um, no, hello there, kind of thing. Okay, yeah, okay, it's like, uh, okay. The news, you know, is like, you know but I, I can't remember because it's quite difficult to kind of put it into context. But not as kind of a, almost like a phrase that is like a stereotypical. It's like, um, you know, um, it's like if you were like Irish, mm. and you know, top of the morning to you. Yeah. You know, you don't go round the streets. It. You don't have anybody so kind do, of saying do, it. So. Have you ever in in your in your life as a as a man above the wall? Uh-huh. Uh, have <laughs> you heard? <laughs> have you Enemy ever heard gates. somebody in in all seriousness say "Okay, do you know, no. for, for like a Scottish person in Scotland no. to another? No, I've Scotland. heard. However, I have heard many American people and many English people <clears throat> say "Okay, do you to me, thinking they were being absolutely funny as. <laughs> Really, okay. non-ironically, they non-ironic, just... get it going, you know. Okay, the new and give me the give me the, the kind of the elbow like they were being absolutely hilarious. This is the best joke they'd ever told <laughs> in their life, and uh, English people as well. You'd be surprised the number of conversations. As somebody who was working in sales or kind of is still kind of in a salesy type thing, that the number of English people who 
automatically start a conversation along the lines of saying, but you're very, very stingy because you're Scottish, aren't you? And that, yes. <laughs> wow. <laughs> you know. So we get that. We get that quite. We get. I have. No. I have. In all seriousness, been asked if I knew anybody from the royal family. Have you? Mm. And do you? No, I have met no. a few. Have you? Yeah. yeah. Can you My not, son I mean, and I have met. I've met the the heir to the throne. Which one? William. Oh right. Okay, William. What's he like? Is he like? He, is was, he very, just... he was lovely. He, he of course he, he is. used. Well, he used to fly air ambulance in East Anglia. Oh, right, and okay. when my son was only very little and I was on a day off and it was just me and him and uh, just, you know, just sort of one street over from our house, there was a big, you know, green as you get like in, in sort of housing estates and we heard our ambulance land in it. So I just thought, oh, I'll take Elliot out. And he was, yeah. I think three, something like that. Wow. Um, took him out uh, to see the helicopter and I happened to notice that the pilot kept his helmet on for a long 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 time where the paramedics they rushed in because apparently yeah. the, the kid in the local the school that was like next door he something had gone wrong with a kid so the paramedics rushed in and then like the co-pilot he kind of got out and he was doing like checks and yeah you know opening flaps on the helicopter and doing all this stuff but the pilot kind of just, <laughs> just stayed there and i was like i wonder if this is william you know because wow. it seemed logical yeah. that he was keeping himself a bit concealed yeah but then not long after i said that he took his helmet off and lo and behold it was prince william and um, wow. and he he was really nice he came uh i think they kind of waited till they knew that the kid in the school was okay um and the paramedics were just kind of <laughs> you know because it's almost so, like i'm paying attention uh, sorry, to I, me I, 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 uh, we'll we'll get to the hospital in a second uh, i've got wow. a few more handshakes to do and a couple more babies to kiss uh, but we'll, we'll get going in a jiff you know, uh, just uh, you know, I have duties to perform. These are my people. Um, <laughs> but no, he was really nice, and he like he came out, and he shook people's hands, and he that's got the, let the kids in. Really the, good in the, nah, that's a stack. Oh, it was a bit, more, it it a bit more in the Charles. I think it was a bit more Charles. It was a bit. But I mean, it is like kind of like you do expect them to be kind of you know. Doing very, that kind of, I'm very, 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 standing, I'm standing, I'm talking to an entire room <laughs> without my microphone. And it's like back to, is it, the King's Speech, which I kind of, King's Speech is one of those films that's, I have a category of films where it's kind of like, it's kind of like, what's that? You were in that film. I have a connection to it. Not, not, not oh, you yeah, have a connection. All oh, right, okay, okay, okay. Well, I want to hear that. But there's certain films that, no matter where it is in the film, I'll watch it to the end. Oh yeah, and the absolutely. You know, and the King's yeah. Speech is just like a cracking mm. kind of film. What's your connection to the King's Speech? Uh, so, uh, a lot of that was filmed very, very nearby me. Um, mm-hmm. So, not far from me is a place called Ely which mm-hmm. is the second smallest city in the UK mm-hmm. um, and uh, has a beautiful cathedral in it, hence it is a city. Um, mm-hmm. And Ely Cathedral is used in loads of different movies. Yeah. Um, and one of the one, one of the things it's been used for a couple of times and was more kind of most famously used for in The King's Speech is when they want to do Windsor, they, uh, not Windsor, Westminster Abbey. When they ah, want to do Westminster Abbey, yeah. they 
they convert the nave of Ely Cathedral into Westminster Abbey. So all of the bit where he was being coronated and everything like that, yeah. and he was being, you know, being told to, you know, that that was all in Ely Cathedral. And that's got one of my favourite scenes in it, where he's where he's like sitting on the throne. He says, "What you, you yeah. can't sit there. You can't sit there." Yeah. Says, why <laughs> should why, why why should I sit there? <laughs> you know. Well. He says, because I am your king, I am a voice. <laughs> and you're going, yes, you do, you do, don't you? You lovely man. You know, that vulnerability, right. that's what we kind movie. of always like, you know. Um, I'm very, very conscious of the fact that we have called this episode the right to bear arms. <laughs> and, I and neither of us, I purposely neither didn't. of us. <laughs> And it's not like we're going to be putting a video out or anything like that, but we are both in our nint, our, our, our ninter wit way. <laughs> I can't even talk. Don't do that, because you just make me feel ridiculous. I will I mean? keep my arms woolen clad. What? Okay, right. Because what's... Right, do you have... Because, right, do you have goals? I mean, have you got, right, um, this what, time next year... Lifting, you mean? Yeah. My powerlifting? Yeah. Yes. Okay. Yeah, so uh, yes or no question then? <laughs> you like, phrased it as such. Um, <laughs> stop asking close questions. This is disgusting. Uh, you think you haven't done like five hundred interviews before, do you? Still asking close questions. My, yeah. So I do have goals. Um, they're kind of just you know they're not they they're, they're not kind of uncommon goals like um, lifting your body weight is mm. in certain lifts is a kind of pretty common goal. Um, so being able to bench my own body weight is is one of the goals I'm trying to reach. I haven't got to that. Um, uh, lifted 200 kilos off the floor was one of my my goals, which I've now exceeded. And, or No, sorry, wow. I've reached it. I haven't exceeded it yet. Um, that's, I mean, that's kind of it. There's only a couple of like little things like that. Um, I haven't really set a squat... Uh, goal I heard um, because last time you got caught squatting you were arrested is that, is that <laughs> not is that, that sort of squatting no that's okay 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 I was confused <laughs> benching is that when you lie on your back and lift the stuff up or is that when you yeah it's really, I'm, it's, yeah right. I don't live I don't do a flat bench because I can't because of the condition I have in my back but yes essentially yes I do I have a slightly inclined oh. bench which means I'm slightly set upright which actually means it's technically harder so if I so my my bench is mm-hmm. uh is is a hundred and five kilos, mm-hmm. which is if somebody said oh well, I can flat bench one hundred and five kilos, I can incline bench one hundred and five kilos, which technically is better. Not by, it wouldn't it's not like a huge amount like they yeah they'll probably can get to like ninety ninety five kilos on their incline bench, but it's a it's just there's less of your body to move it you know you're using more of your upper body wow. and less of the rest of you kind of thing so, so yeah. the thing with the world i mean the, the thing with the world's strongest man and we spoke about world's strongest man kind of last time and your connection to them is mm. they're all big guys but they're all must they're not they're muscly guys but they're always obviously c- covered in kind of like a realm of subcutaneous yeah kind of loveliness yeah, they are. They're not. They're not. Well, most of them, yes, don't look like what you would know as bodybuilders. Yeah. yeah but why is that the difference? Because this is always something that confused me. Because I remember. Because you all remember, like, um, I'm only reminded by this because Netflix stuck an email 
my way to say the newish, the new series of He-Man is coming out, the cartoon mm. version. And I remember all the toys from He-Man. He was being ripped. absolutely bolt like he ripped. Had, he had lats <laughs> that he could fly like a sugar uh, flying squirrel. <laughs> Spread his lats just and just like, glide, just looking about out of the top of Grace yeah. Castle Grayskull. Just <laughs> um, yeah, there is. There, there's a different set. So in in history, there has been a few strongmen who were like that. One of the one of the arguably there's three the three greatest strongmen have ever lived. Brian Shaw from America, uh, mm. uh, Zdrzhinov from the Ukraine, I think, right. Ukraine. Um, and Polish uh, Marius Pudzianowski. Now, Brian Shaw, six foot eight, absolute yeah. behemoth of a man. Yeah. Um, he is the Goliath that David took on. He's that he's that guy. He's just yeah. huge. Um then you have Zadrunus Viscus, who was had a massive beer belly, had the big power belly as it's known, and he's just, you know, just a big guy. And he was just insanely strong. But then Marius Pujanovsky looked like a Greek god. He had the abs, the ripped you know bodybuilder body you know yeah. but he was an amazing uh bodybuilder but the uh sorry strongman the difference between the two is one of the theories that you will often hear strongmen talk about is mass moves mass ah. so so having an excess body weight mm-hmm. i.e., therefore also body fat yeah uh, to get yourself up to that weight allows you to move weight easier especially when they're doing stuff like that that is literally taking something from somewhere to somewhere else, not just lifting something off the floor, you know, kind of thing. Which you still in 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 sort of weird cantilever and and you know biomechanics, you still need mass to do so, you know, um, or certainly certainly mass can help. Um, but that's one of the reasons strongmen look like they do, and bodybuilders bodybuilders are trying to sculpt their body to the finest, yeah, it can look. Whereas yeah. strong men are trying to use their body to be able to take, you know, something from pl- point A to pull point B truck. in the best way. Yeah, yeah. Can pull, I can also a, imagine. Plane, you know, I can also imagine that if you're lifting up these, um, the medicine balls that they used to have, the big, atlas, you know, remember the big yeah, atlas stones and stuff yeah. like that. That if you are lifting up muscle, even if you've got the padding. But if you're missing up muscles connecting directly with that atlas stone, yeah. you're kind of potentially more prone to injury. Whereas even, if you've got a little then, bit so, of a layer. So when they, like atlas stones is a prime example of why body, uh, strong men look like they do, is because they have to lift it on. Usually they'll often have to lift it onto a platform, which is a yeah. platform that's kind of level with their face. You know, it's like high yeah. up, you know, a lot of the time. So what they'll do is they'll bring it up onto their upper chest and then they'll drive their chest and their belly into it and kind of push mm. it up that way so there's lots of using that body shape to do what they do you know so yeah, yeah there's lots of reasons for it no i, I always no i'm always because i always i'm always taken back to chris hemsworth talking about um his scenes for thor where he was going topless and yeah. he says oh you must that must have been a good time on set that day you know getting to strut your stuff and he says no it was absolute it was it was hell on earth <laughs> he just said, you know, but he said basically, he says he wasn't allowed to eat anything, he wasn't yeah. allowed to drink anything. He basically had to fast for like twenty four hours beforehand to make sure that he just was absolutely kind of like had nothing on him whatsoever. He says absolutely miserable. He couldn't really do an awful lot of the scenes because he wasn't able to eat. He was 
on the cusp of fainting because he wasn't mm. allowed anything to kind of to kind of drink and stuff like that. They did with it like just just last weekend, I think it was Mr. Olympia. Uh, well, sorry, not it's not called Mr. Olympia anymore. In yeah. Olympia, which is like you know one of the, the it's kind of the most famous bodybuilding because I don't think I don't think Mr. Universe exists anymore. Which Arnold Schwarzenegger was famous for winning Mr. Yeah. Universe. Um, so Olympia is kind of the 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 one, and a lot of the I, I watch a lot of the YouTube the the YouTube channels of some of these guys and um, what they put themselves through to get themselves to that lack of body fat is well I mean it is it is I mean they basically are killing themselves you know um, yeah. and and like UFC fighters and boxers and stuff they do exactly the same thing where they're trying to they're cutting weight to make weight yes um it's crazy you know absolutely crazy what they do to themselves you know um and it sounds horrific i i often hear of people talking about how gladiators were less likely to be kind of like the olympic gods that were led to believe would have looked like like strongman yeah much much more likely than yeah than you know uh, bodybuilders, well, almost certainly, you know. Yeah, yeah. I, I remember seeing that picture of Arnold Schwarzenegger when he was, I think he was on the set of Conan and the Destroyer or something like <laughs> that, and he was next to the two guys he was he was co-starring with, and he looks tiny. He's like, he looks like he's, he looks like he's at the bottom of a bloody well, which is always, which is always kind of amazing. Do you know what I mean? So, but welcome to We Are Not Steroids, the show <laughs> where we talk about lifting, benching. And grafting yourself <laughs> to a finer physique. But when we're not doing all these things, what we do is we like to sit around the table and we like to play, play a few games. So, Mr. Pryor, what have you been playing? What have you been getting to the table? Recently. Very yes. Recently, I went to Econ Aquest. Aquest. As I've just shown my <laughs> my mug from Aquest, which was uh, previously, uh, it was last year, it was a... Um, it was kind of a get together that got out of hand um <laughs> and mark cook was one of those people <coughs> and uh 100 people the last year in in a couple of conference rooms of a hotel in telford turned into the new aircon west uh and there was i think 250 300 people something like that um at, at this ho- same hotel again in Telford. Yeah. Um, and it was fabulous. It was absolutely most, most marvellous. And I got to play lots of games. Um, so off the top of my head, one of the first ones I will mention, which was definitely one of my wins, oh. was uh, 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 GKR Heavy Hitters. A oh. game I had long wanted to play. Um, and... Oh, look at that! You've got you've got GKR heavy hitters, you lucky bugger. I've got. But I would hope that rule book is quite slender because, as to play, it's yeah. It looks like there's quite a bit in there. No, I mean, there's the only rule... quite. Let me go through this. There's only quite a oh, bit in here. Pictures and stuff in it. No, because there's literally right. Because this just isn't the main thing. I've also got the advanced rule book, and I've also got. The expansion rule books as well. This is everything. Now, I have no idea if I played advanced or what. I think we probably played some level of advanced, but put simply, f- 
fabulous game. If you like arena combat, you know, that kind of thing, look no further. There's very few games that are better. Mythic Battles is better, but there's very <laughs> few games that are better. Flying um, that flag. Still flying that, that flag. You're totally um, like, Fetch is going to come on. Fetch is going to catch up next year. <laughs> You're flying the Mythic ba- Battles flag. Mythic Battles till I die at Mythic Battles. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, yeah, it was really good fun. And it's one of the cool things is it's not just you know you think it's big stompy robots fighting big stompy robots and absolutely it is yes but because you do this thing where you you tag buildings and once you've got four four building uh four tags on a building there's all these like cool little skyscrapers set around the um <clears throat> around the board um once you tag four sides of it um you destroy that building and that's one of the four that you can win via so you can win by killing the other big robot or tagging and destroying four buildings um and then so we started off you have your big big f- robot and then you have a like a little recon robot which is really fast and you have a like a fixer bot that can heal you and then you have a shooty one that's got a, like a decent shot um and i took a pilot that meant that they all of my little ones moved further and shot further so my logic was okay well i've if they're more mobile they'll be able to tag the buildings quicker and more efficiently so that's the route i'll go to to try and win uh, which which i did but it was a it was one of those kind of i won in the turn i won next turn my opponent probably would have beaten me so it was a real nice down to the wire you know kind of felt like we'd had a really good fight kind of thing um, and it was just great i mean it's beautifully produced oh it's, really it's just produced. it's it is literally it's um it's it's jurassic park you know we spared no expense it originally came to kickstarter a while ago and then it, it came did, back to kickstarter ago. again and then weta have been slowly kind of dwindling their stock because i think they went into board games thinking this is going to be this is going to be fantastic. This is going to be like Lord of the Rings. We just need to keep producing more and more stuff in relation to our IPs. And they've not kind of done anything. What I like about GKR, because I've got everything, it's one of the games that I went out and said, right, I'm going to get, I'm going to get everything for this. So I have got everything for it. And it's one of these games, it's not like as it's got older, it's got more and more expensive. It's kind of unfortunately lost value. So you can pick it up relatively cheap. It's just very, very difficult to kind of get hold of it. Yeah. But the stuff that you get in it, I mean, the whole game is based around, it's a card play game. I mean, you've got, you've got 25, you've got a deck of 25 cards and that denotes kind of like energies and every round you get an amount of energy that allows you to do a certain amount of moves and you move these big stompy robots who must be, they must be at their base, the base must be what, about two and a half, three inches across, yeah, hexagonal base, base. yeah, yeah. yeah. and, and each, then they must be side of the hex is probably one and a half inches at least, yeah. So yeah, yeah, and they must be about five, five and a half six inches high, these models yeah, maybe easy, not, yeah. easily yeah, about easily. that dependent, yeah. yeah, but they've got this kind of, um Anyone that's quite a subtlety to it as well. Yes, it's, it's a big, beautifully produced thing, but it's actually quite understated in a lot mm. of its design. It's not like the board is all kind of grey, yes, but really nicely done. And again, the buildings are kind of like grey with little elements of colour, 
but so actually what happens is your stuff and the tags that you're scoring the buildings they all really stand out yeah so it all really kind of it works beautifully i i was really impressed with with their restraint in the in the graphic design of it all that actually elevates the whole thing it's a real it's a really high it really highlighted to me what that restraint looks like and what it can perform sort of thing what it can do um, yeah you get the beautiful there's a there's a there's an expand there's the urban wasteland expansion which gets you a couple of extra little boys to play about with and then there's the sweet and salty expansion and the sweet and salty expansion one of the robots is purple and one of the robots is pink <laughs> So when you've got like all these players on the board, and you're right, it starts as a kind of completely grey landscape, but mm. you get kind of like the dif- different tags on the buildings, and they're all these beautiful primary coloured tags. Yeah. And the reason I've got the rules out is because um, one of the guys at the games club, he plays. Well, they started to play BattleTech, so you can imagine that <sighs> BattleTech, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> BattleTech is like yeah. Um, but they love it, and I'm not going to poo-poo someday if they like love BattleTech. It's a huge thing. Absolutely not. But I mean, I minute... wish I could love BattleTech. But, but I the know, miniatures I know are tiny. Much. Oh, they're just yeah. tiny yeah. little minis. And I just like when I'm going to bring you in a treat. I'm going to bring you in GKR <laughs> heavy hitters. You know, <laughs> num, 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 num. you know what I mean? A box of after eights. Just like you be, look at this. It's like look at you be this. you been eating korma, mate. This is your issue. You've been eating korma. And I've got a lamb, Rogan Josh, out the back here. Do you know what I mean? Is that, is that your step up, a Rogan Josh, really? Yeah! <laughs> All right, chef boy. What's your step up from I'd have got maybe like a Jal Frazee, you know, it's got some... Oh, Jal Frazee's all right, yeah, I can do that. Yeah. I'm into my little pastes and stuff like that. I like a lot, but it's been a while since I had lamb, because lamb's so expensive now. It's true. I true. have to get kind of like, my, my, my fine expense goes as far as like pork belly. So I like a bit of, I like a bit of pork belly, you know, bit of Jal Frazee anyway, sticking anyway, there. Anyway, GKR Heavens <laughs> is lovely, yes. So I've shown him it. And I'm, I'm, I'm going to show him it. I'm going to bring it in. And he says, oh, could you just bring it in? It's like, no, the box is... Because <laughs> the box in this thing is huge. It's a big box. It is ridiculous. So have you been persuaded to try and pick up a copy of it then? I really... Well, I, I wanted to pick up a copy. And I definitely will keep an eye on, like, the the second-hand market for it. Um, yeah. But, like, you can you could get it now on, like, the, the base set. They've got it for, like... $45 on Weta's store yeah. but it's like also $160 to have it shipped <laughs> from the US so it's like yes, yes. right great yeah. thanks you know yeah. brilliant you know yeah. so so now I think I'll um I'm hoping and it's very likely it's one of those ones that's a massive box that sat on people's collections and like, oh, I never bloody play this because yeah. that's what us gamers are like um so I think I'll keep it I'll keep a close eye on the uh on the the second hand market if you have got if you have got GKR heavy hitters out there and it's sitting on a shelf and you're in the UK and you're just thinking I'd love this game but I'm never going to play it get in contact with us reach out to us at I will pay a perfectly acceptable price for it you will Luke wants some GKR he's heavy hitting for you (laughs) no yeah it was a really really good game yeah so that was uh uh, it wasn't the first game we played. The first game we played was Mythic Mischief, 
which is a game I really love as well. Ah. Um, have you ever played Mythic Mischief? That's uh, is that Ivy Studios. Ivy Studios, yeah. I've seen. I've constantly seen adverts on Facebook for their various yes. products. <laughs> Yeah. And they're resp- they seem to be. I don't know how much they're spending on advertising. I'm assuming that it's a, a, it's a pretty stuff. amount yeah. on Facebook. Facebook. They've constantly got something for um, Mythic Mischief and Moonrakers, and they've got um, Vail a couple Fates, of other games. Veil Fates, another yeah. one that they've got. What's it like? Is it good? So it's an abstract strategy game with a really good theme. And I don't know how that sentence makes sense, but it does, because there's no other way to describe it. So, um, so it's uh, it's set in a, a high school, and each uh, it's primarily we'll call it a two player game. You can play yeah. it in four player like teams and stuff like that, which I really would like to try at some point. Mm. But fundamentally, it's still a two player game, and you have a chessboard esque grid. Um, and you are let's talk about just the first edition the the second edition changes it ever ever so slightly you have different factions within the school so you have these mythical factions so you have like the 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 the, the like the frankenstein's monsters zombies ghosts wizards witches vampires and all these things all these kind of things and you have each of you has three three of these things each one technically is the same um <clears throat> and you are trying to sneak around uh the library with the big big monstrous tome keeper who is going to move he's going to move between three points so mm-hmm. there's it, it, you, you do a little setup thing and there's three points that'll be marked on the map and he'll 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 always take the shortest route to one and then eventually he'll go to two and then eventually go to three and then he and then it's break for lunch and you do it again (laughs) but he moves slower i think slower and you get an extra ability in after lunch you get your after lunch special all right you didn't just Um, break for lunch you didn't just stop the game (laughs) (laughs) right lunch time anyway sandwich Um, (laughs) so and the 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 room the library is broken up obviously by library shelves and stuff and then there's these little tomes that you can pick up which uh, allow you to kind of get more action points to spend and each person has you've got how you move which is generally just moving uh, mm. you spend spending action points to move then you've got ways in which you can move in a an, another piece so you it's, it's almost generally like a throw so like so like the 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 monsters might th- per- take the person in front of them and move them straight behind them or something yeah. like that or the ghosts swap with the person and stuff like that things like that and then you've, you've all got a way that you can move the library shelves as well uh then you've got kind of then you've got their own special ones that make them very unique to them sort of thing but each pay each people do the same thing slightly different yeah. So they've all got their slightly different tactics, and what you're trying to do is you're going to get to ten points, or whoever's got the most by the end of their second kind of round, um, and you do that by getting people caught by the the tome keeper. So you you try and get them in the path of where he will be going to that next bit, um, and it's just a real. I just think it's a really well done game. I think it really it didn't it didn't do as it's not i don't think it gets enough love for what it is i think um i think it's a 
brilliant brilliant abstract strategy game um but like i say it has got a really cool theme on it but it really does play like a mm-hmm. chessy kind of game kind of thing um yeah re- beautifully produced iv studio produce stuff beautifully like really beautifully they seem to be one of these studios that <clears throat> know how to present themselves they know they've got i don't know if they're from i think there's the marketing kind of background to them i'm pretty yeah, sure they've been on the show they were on the show a long time ago to talk about kind of moonraker was it, was it austin that was on yeah there? austin yeah, yeah he's a yeah, lovely yeah. guy um, yeah they're all very kind of trendy hipster and i mean that in a nice sense not yeah not yeah, yeah, a, yeah they're very very trendy hipster kind of people they're very they they understand the world in which they live and the and the market that they are looking at kind of thing yes uh, and they're very good their youtube channel now is also really good i really i, I only sent oh. austin a message a little while ago saying how i really love the content they were doing they were doing yeah. some really cool stuff you know um but yeah really they do do they make some really cool games i've i've got moonrakers but i haven't had a chance to play it yet and i really want to play veiled fate and i was hoping to play it at aircon west but i didn't get a chance to um but veiled fate sounds like it's right up my group street it's kind of like this you're all playing you're all playing one of the eight demigods that are like on this board and you're trying to kind of move these demigods to to be kind of like I think trying to get to like God level or something. Yeah, like yeah, that. yeah, yeah. But so no, but nobody knows which one you are. But you're moving all of them, so you're all try, kind of trying to fulfill stuff and and do stuff, but not show they, show your cards too much, kind of thing. Oh know? wow, okay. So it sounds very clever, you know. Yeah. And I and I think there's there's versions of that where like it could it could play up to like eight, and I think in in eight you actually have four teams of two but you don't know who your teammate is so you say so that again sounds in the that right just group sounds, and yeah it could be brilliant you know yeah and it's yeah, my yeah. group is that kind of group um in the wrong group that'll fall yeah, so crash. dead on its ass you know <laughs> um but uh yeah so that's uh, uh, yeah, Mythic Mischief. So, what else did I play? Um, oh, I did play another very pretty game. It was the last game I played before we left. Um, it probably wasn't the greatest example of it because none of us have played it before. And I think we, the person who ended the game or like triggered the end, did it kind of unknowingly early. You know, ah, kind of it, ended, okay. it ended quicker than it probably mm. would have. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, um, but this is a game called Ice. So, you've got this very clever board that is made up of four sections and they magnetize together ah. and then it has this stepped hexagonal yeah. grid that you you so you put the first layer and and you're you're playing these these kind of this weird bunch of like mythical races that are ex uh, are archaeologists looking for these uh great artifacts and elements and stuff like that so you're digging through this ice but i mean to look at when you're playing it it, it's it stands out from the crowd and there was so many people just like what on earth is this you know know, like oh you're playing this you know they knew what it was straight away kind of thing um but yeah very very cool game and i definitely look forward to getting to that played a lot more it was a really good Really, really I think good. I think Oliver from I think it's Oliver from Tabletop Games Blog. He's done a review, or he's been mentioning that. And the first thing I looked at it, I went, mm, "That looks." From the photographs, first thing I thought was Acropolis. 
but based on what you because I <laughs> was photographs was yeah. close up it was close up so I just saw mm. tiles on top of each other because I oh, guess yeah, it's yeah. Like, you do get that layered effect which Acropolis yeah. does very nicely yeah, as well. yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah it's yeah. been too long too long too long since I played that game um, in general so was AC West like an aperitif to the main course at Aircon because have they not got another Yes, thing so coming got up Echo in December. Northwest as well, which is in Manchester. Manchester, which I was really hoping to go to, and I was gonna Dan Hughes, um, Internet Titan Dan Hughes, um, <laughs> oh. uh, uh, very kindly offered to to let me come up and stay with him, and then him and Evan were gonna just drive over every day because I don't think it's too too far from from where he is. Yeah. Um, but I just I just hadn't got the time and and you know we go to Econ West and yeah. this and that and everything like that so and I'll go to Poland as well uh, in December um, for staff Christmas party for Game Fest. Oh, for goodness' um, sake! <laughs> um, so yeah, I just could I just couldn't make it work, which is a shame because it, I would love to have gone, but bloody hell, the hotels were expensive in Manchester as well. You know, going going and staying with Dan would have been yeah. my better option anyway. But it, it, I mean, when I saw the prices, it was my only option if I if I took an option. Uh, but I think that's I don't know how many people that's. I think that's kind of like another kind of two fifty three hundred people thing. De- yeah, I'm wondering if it's decent size. Cause I think I th- I don't know if his um, his game plan or his philosophy is to say well, and this is Mark cook the way that we built up aircon worked really really well mm. so i think there's there's a mistake you can make you can say oh well we're getting a good couple of thousand people at this venue let's go and open up something and do a good couple of thousand at this venue and then obviously you could fall on your arse and it can all fall apart so yeah i guess seeing what a- ac west is like and then ac northwest so is he gonna yeah, work around the compasses i mean is this what he's <laughs> well I, I said to him i said can we get one a little bit down my way please you know, um, <laughs> I'm fed up with having to come Birmingham or oh, more. You love it. You love <laughs> you know, it. I wouldn't mind one where I could actually drive to it from my house. That'd be lovely. I suppose. <laughs> well, I mean, the first thing to do then is if you don't like what's happening, then Lucas, to build your own. I know. I tell you what. Start I said this it. when I was. I said this when I was at Aircon West. Yeah. I had long, <clears throat> well before I knew Mark Cook and anybody who ran a convention. I had long thought about a convention running a convention in cambridge you know starting something like that cambridge isn't isn't littered with venues that would be suitable um but i thought you know you can make you could do it some way or another yeah um but knowing mark very well and, and and the you know the people that run these things i absolutely do not have the patience to babysit people in the way that mark <laughs> and the team have to i'm sorry it's it is un <laughs> believable the stuff they get constantly battered and asked about i'm just and i hear it and i I feel like just going can you are you serious you know you're a grown human being (laughs) he is not your bloody chaperone sort yourself out you know you can't come out with something like that and not give an example is it something going like no i won't give an example because that potentially highlight people who i'm talking about uh, and I, to be honest i can't i can't even remember anything particularly specific yeah but it was just i mean it was that that must have happened to me 
five times in three days in Telford where I just heard people just I was just like are you serious you know I mean like grow up kind of thing you know it's just just ridiculous I mean I get that that's absolutely they're there to make sure everybody's all right and help and, and make sure that everybody's sorted and stuff like that but most of these things fundamentally did not need you know or nothing really to do with event organizers and stuff like that you just think you 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 haven't you've booked a spot in a convention you haven't booked this man's time and effort to be at your beck and call that's not what you've booked you know um and i think i think people need to realize that sort of stuff a bit more you know um and i think maybe it's that smaller convention vibe you know, and, and Mark and Mark and he, he really puts himself out there. And he's well, right, real front per- and centre. He's a personable man, isn't you know, he? I mean, it's not like he can hide unless exactly. he unless yeah, he dived into a building or dressed up as a building. Unless he cuts know, his legs off at the knees. He even is, yeah. even then, it would be back to <laughs> like that picture of Arnold Schwarzenegger. You know, that picture we were talking about is Arnold Schwarzenegger and he's got Andre the Giant on one side and he's got Mark 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 Cook on the other. And they're just, and they're dwarfing them. You know, and it's like the title the, the caption is Mark Cook's favourite guests if aircon was a fantasy thing kind of thing, you know. <laughs> I I'm 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 interested to see where it goes. I d I I don't know if he'll go See, we're always kind of like further... With me, it's always like further afield. Because even if it's like aircon itself, it's still three and a half hours, four hours drive. Yeah. And then if you're talking about a train a train journey, it's, you've still got organised kind of getting to the train station because there's not like a direct train down to kind of to Harrogate. So, so, yeah, I had... I The year... I usually drive up to, to aircon, but then... Was it not last year, the year before... Mark put on the Airbus. Do you remember hearing yeah, about that? Yeah, I remember the Airbus. So he asked me to sh- to be the chaperone for that and said, "Look, can you be yeah. <clears throat> the kind of the the focal point? You know, um, that that you know, book you know, book everybody in at the hotels and blah 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 and stuff." And I said, "Yeah, absolutely, no problem." Um, and it was great fun. It was absolutely awesome. It was a really good idea, and I hope I do hope they do it again, for whether I'm anything to do with it or not. You know, I think uh, the the people who did it had a great time. I mean. There was one guy who came from half an hour outside Harrogate all the way down to London <laughs> to catch a bus back to Harrogate. It was ridiculous, but he had a bloody great time. Um, and um, and they got some FaceTime with some minor celebrities like Matthew Jude and Rodney Dangerfield or whatever his name is, Rodney. Rod- no, Rodney bloody going on every <laughs> every single podcast except mine, I'd like to point out. Yeah, yeah. I, I just, just listened to him I listened to Ben Maddox, yeah, yeah. And then like, okay. I just listened to him and it's like you're a lovely you're a lovely man you're a lovely man and then lo and behold right pops up on Liz Davidson's one as well do you know what I mean <laughs> I, my heart bleeds I can't even say anything about it you know what I mean I'm just I'm, to be I'm, fair I'm like if I'm the calibre of your guest there's a reason oh, not come on. Rodney Smith <laughs> I don't worry you know well you know door shut but to him now yeah, you know okay. um, there you go anyway, thanks so, for yeah, watching so that was watch that I can't remember what my point was. What was it? Oh yeah, so that yeah. year I had to then catch the train back because obviously uh, I'd caught a bus yeah. up, and that was a ball lake. That was that was not 
that was not a fun day. When when there's two replacement bus services within your train oh, journey, yeah. you know it's going to be a shit day, don't you? Yeah, you know, you know it's, it's, like, it's, it's going to... I've like, nowhere, yeah, to put a sm- nowhere to put a small board game. Nowhere to put a small board game. You can't even turn round. There was always that I saw somebody saying, "Oh, I'm sharing a, I'm sharing a, I'm on an airplane for the next six hours, and I've got a, two a couple sit next to me for the next six hours. What board game should I take? Persuade them to play?" And it's like, don't do none, that. None. Don't do that. I've seen that. Don't do um, that. That's that's popped up on Facebook a couple of times yeah, lately, don't do and that. the overwhelming majority of people are saying none. Don't, worry. don't do it. Don't worry, you know. Well, what's when I'm waiting in in the line for passport control? What's the game I should break out with people around me? There isn't. There isn't there's, a game. There's the face forward and get on with it like, game. That's the game you play. Sh- shut up and die. <laughs> shut up and die alone. One. Come on. Yeah. <laughs> You know, don't, if you're reaching out for people in the queue around you, and I get it, but there's a point where you know people are going, "Oh my goodness, go and yeah. stop that." We spoke about GKR, yes. which is a big box game. <clears throat> so I want to talk about something that I have been playing, which is a much smaller game. Oh, oh! I want to hear about this because I am Osprey and David Thompson fanboy number one. I think you'll find that actually. I, well, as as I, I don't own that, I suppose I can't really I, uh, claim. You can't really claim to. No, I really refuse to give you money, Mister Thompson, for your product. <laughs> um, I'm looking is at this gen- general orders from Osprey Games, which mm. is um, first of all, it's surprising how small a box it is. I mean, you're literally looking at something that yeah. is about. I mean, that's about six inches by about three and a half inches by about. It's, Two, it's one of those ones that's, it's oddly deeper than it than it you know yeah. it's, it's it's an odd depth for a box that size. Yes, you know. I was expecting um, it to be. It's like two. If you look at like say a standard kind of this size four by six kind of box, it's about double double the depth really. So it's coming in at about three and a half four inches as opposed mm. to the normal kind of two and a half inches. It is, in essence. It's kind of like a worker placement war game. Now, I had I had David and Trevor on, on the show. Um, oh, I haven't listened a while to this. Ago. I must listen to that. Um, thanks. So equally, again, not the fanboy I'm claiming to be. <laughs> not the actual. You know what I mean? <laughs> Little grey cells, Hastings. The evidence it mounts up. <laughs> you know, you know, you're you're like syndrome. And, and, and you know what I mean the, the Incredibles after all I am your greatest fan it's like no you're not you're clearly not you're clearly not you're not obviously digesting every single and I'm also personally insulted at the fact that I hadn't listened to it you hadn't listened to my show with his interview I take it you listened to Liz Davidson's interview with no, David. No, I've never listened to Liz Davidson's you podcast know, it's a very very good intro. it's a very very highbrow educational podcast you kind of walk away from that podcast feeling you learned something anyway general orders is um <clears throat> it's kind of like it's kind of like worker placement war but it's very very abstract in how it kind of deals with it and the size of the board the size of the board is <coughs> tiny i mean everything about this game is tiny everything about this game suggests 
this is a game that should be played in about 20 minutes at the end of the end of the session and this is what happened to me on friday i've played it with my with my uh, my middle boy he absolutely loved it he went this is my game this is exactly my game i played it on friday with uh, we played viticulture which i came third we played a full kind of a uh, six player game of viticulture which was good fun. I've never played a six-player game. Six-player viticulture is life. It's really, really good. Is but it like, good? Eh? Did it drag good. at six? No, it actually moves pretty quickly. We actually <laughs> got it done within about two hours, if that. That's not bad. For a six, it's, not a big, it's not a big board. No, no. It's not much bigger than a good birthday card. A good birthday card that you'd open up, that's the kind of the size that we're looking at. I'm trying to give... Cards, what you meant well, it's it. a good quality... Somebody that... Probably somebody's 18th that you really liked. That might or make me- a tune when you open it. That sort of birthday card. <laughs> or it would kind Do of they like exist anymore. I don't know. They used to. They <laughs> went through a phase of having one of these kind of bad, bad recordings. Yeah. You know what I mean? You used to be able to say Michael Caine's wishing you a happy birthday. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? You're only supposed to blow the bloody candles out. <laughs> you know. Uh, <laughs> um. <laughs> That's a great impression, but also awful. Because <laughs> it, it'd be bad with that, because they would, they would actually get an impressionist to do it, but then you'd have the kind of the great, <laughs> the great digital kind of... <laughs> so the battery, the battery runs down, it ends up sounding like a very drunk uh, Donald Duck. Um, anyway, General Orders is all kind of like, it's like an area control, worker placement... Very, very quick. It's four rounds. It's a four-round game. So it's not like... And I was I was really, really surprised because coming from the land of Undaunted, where Undaunted is, yes, you've got to fulfil um, an objection for this, but a game of Undaunted can do any run anything from, like, you know, an hour to a couple of hours, depending on if you kind of get the war of attrition, you know, depending on the scenario and stuff like that. So basically what you've got... It's two-player... It's two and what you'll do is you've got commanders, you've got your base, kind of like your base units, which are your armies. At the beginning of the game, you occupy about four or five kind of spaces. They're hexagonal spaces, but some of the, but you get they're, they're hexagonal spaces, but you get areas which are joined together. So you right. get two hexag two hexes that might be an area. In that area, there's going to be it's going to tell you the number of soldiers that you have. Also in that, it might have an action that you can take. So you can, like, basically you can advance, you can... You've got one space which allows you to do, like, a paratroop action. You've got one space that allows you to do a barrage action. There's a board off at the side that allows you to kind of reinforce soldiers. So you can bring in, like, six, an additional six soldiers or five soldiers, depending on what you play. You've also got cards that you can draw as well. And there's also um, a little mechanic that allows you to change who goes first. So in your turn, what you'll do is if you decide to advance into a space, you play, you pick the space you're wanting to advance to and then you put your command token in the advance kind of space. So it means on that round, you're the only person that's allowed to advance into that space. The enemy can't then bring in a commander uh-huh. and, and and put their, there's like one, one action pair kind of like, one commander's allowed per kind of like action. So it's a worker placement that completely blocks off the, the thing. Where it gets interesting is things like, um, <clears throat> it's kind of like when the combat comes in, 
I've say got four disks in my space, you've got three disks in your space, I decide I'm going to advance into your space and then a conflict happens. Now the first thing that happens is the defender rolls a dice and the dice is got, it's got ones, it's got twos and it's got a blank side. And the first thing is the defender rolls a dice and they then remove that number of troops from you. <laughs> So as you're coming in, because they're defending the position, yeah. they've got the ability to take out some of your troops. Now, depending on how they roll, they might roll one, they might roll none, they might roll two, depending. You'll remove the troops, and then what happens is you then pair off the troops and start removing them. Right, I see. So it's a horrific war of attrition. You're literally removing troops. You're pairing them off against each other, and then whoever's left in the space, you might end up with only, you'll end up maybe only with one troop left, and that's whoever's kind of, kind of, kind of controlling it. Um, and so that's what you do. You continue back and forth. It's just four rounds. You've got like five. You've got five five moves per round. You play into command. You advance. Is it you just two players? Yeah, it's just two players. It's just two player. Yeah, just two player. Yeah, it's just yeah. two player. Um, so that's the basic premise of it. You can play cards, and some of your cards allow you to roll additional attack dice. They allow you to roll additional defense dice. What's interesting about it is in the center roll of the board there's five hexes which have additional powers in them and if you control those powers then what it does is it allows you to, it gives you extra things so it might allow you to roll an additional dice when you do a barrage it might allow you to um it might allow you to get some extra troops if you do a reinforce action the center square basically gives you extra defense if you can control that against it's like the capital city so it's right. whoever takes a capital city has like a, a huge advantage, and in each of those, each of those hexes across the centre row, plus a couple of additional hexes on either side, there's little stars, and those stars are basically victory points. And once you get to the end of the game, whoever's got the most stars, kind of wins, and it's fabulous. <coughs> it's has it so got a little bit of like uh, uh, you played Blitzkrieg? Yes, I've got yeah, but Blitzkrieg is, is I love Blitzkrieg. sits in my collection. Yes. So has it got a little bit of that vibe of Blitzkrieg in that it's a very clever, condensed, abstract look at uh, uh, war kind of thing? Yeah, there's no. I mean, you're dealing with discs. There's no stories here. There's no background yeah. here. It's not like it's a complete departure from Undaunted in the Undaunted. You feel that you were dealing with characters and kind of real people. And that when you were kind of like losing kind of various units, you were losing faces. You're losing discs here. I mean, you could send in, what happens is you send in like, when you're doing an advance action, <clears throat> you're deciding, okay, well, I'm, I've got to, got to leave one discs behind because I can't leave an area without any kind of backup at all. So I move three discs in. They've got two discs. <laughs> oh no, they've rolled at one, so they've removed one of my discs, and now everybody's gone, and the entire space ends up that I've advanced into ends up empty. So it's very, very abstract like that. There's no, it's, but it moves very, very, it moves incredibly quickly. Um, but there's two sides of the board as well. On the other side of the board, um, you've then got a completely different map, which right. involves kind of air force. Okay. Now. <clears throat> the main difference between the air force and the ground attack is the air force is essentially providing additional support. So there's a kind of an I don't know. It's really strange to describe, but <clears throat> but the other side of the board is basically you've got 
I don't know if you can see. I don't know if you can see this, right? So this is this is the normal side of the board, and you've got this. You can see the central five kind of hexes in the middle, yeah. And they've each got kind of like, basically, this one stays the same, but then in the center, the center line, you've got chits that you add in, so the powers vary every single game. Right. But on the other side, it's a completely different map. Yeah. But. And you've also got certain areas which are outlined, and yeah. that's to that's to suggest kind of air support. Okay. And then round the outside of the board, you've kind of got areas where you put your planes. Yeah, I see. Yeah. So as the game progresses, you're not only kind of you're vying for kind of like control of the skies as well as control of the ground. <clears throat> so you can have troops kind of coming in, but. It's really funny, the planes don't specifically kind of move onto the map. They're just there to say we're hovering above. So they right, don't actually yeah. get involved in the action. But, um, yes, it kind of joins. I'd say it kind of it's very much kind of in the same wheelhouse as Blitzkrieg in terms of its abstractness. So my, my yeah, my logic would be that, like, if you like the vibe and, and feel of what Blitzkrieg does yes. and the way it kind of tells the story of world war Two, obviously yes this sounds like it's probably you probably like the vibe and way this goes about yes showing a conflict you know yes um, i know it's, i know it is world war Two, but it's 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 being like a it's pretending to be like a theater in world war Two, isn't it rather than world war Two as a whole like blitzkrieg yes. kind of thing yeah. yeah yeah it's not yeah it's not it's it's not giving distinct areas yeah. There's no background here to say you are currently on the Eastern Front or you're currently on the Western Front and this is right. the situation that you're going through. It's kind of like, this is kind of like an abstract area. We're very, you know, and they even actually say within the, the rule book on the back that, you know, we're, we're very, very kind of aware that uh, this is more abstract than it is kind of historical, which makes, you know, which makes an awful lot of sense, basically. So, um, I've got, <clears throat> I've got a, I'm going to pen some thoughts and put some thoughts together, but they're basically going to be, you know, they're going to be very, very similar. I've not, it's very, very easy to learn. And the rule book is yeah. very, very easy to learn. And it is very kind of blitzkrieg, kind of get, kind of get yourself kind of up and running. And I could see somebody kind of like spending a couple hours playing a bit of blitzkrieg, a couple hours playing a bit of this, if they were just kind of like going for a, a kind of a round of kind of very, very kind of normal. Um, kind of very, very kind of um, just very quick and easy games that they can kind of drop, drop in and drop out of. Do you um, think David Thompson gets nearly the credit he deserves as a designer? No, because I don't think he does. I think no. he is a very well respected designer, and those who know his games consider themselves his number one fan. But um, I don't think, like, I think his name should be up there with. The, the you know the the absolute upper echelons of designers and i think from i suppose the trouble is well i don't know he has made lots of games he's not all just about war games you know he's 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 done stuff that isn't in that realm you know um i'm interested to see um i think the test okay and when i spoke to trevor and david it became quite clear that uh David's very, very much into making sure that he is crossing all the I's and dotting the T's 
right. that's the wrong way around. Switch it reverse yeah. it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but when it comes to simulating kind of like the act of war, <clears throat> he's very much, I want to do this right. But then they've just announced Callisto, mm. which is kind of like a c- complete departure. It's going to be using the kind of the undaunted engine. So I'm wondering what we're going to see that's going to kind of be different. Because I think the reason that Undaunted worked, and especially, I even like, you know, Battle of Britain, I really, really like Battle. I don't know if you've had a chance to play. I haven't play. played it yet. No, I really want to. It's very, it's, I've, I was very, very impressed. And it's quite, it's quite fiddly in, 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 uh, as in, not fiddly as in, in a pain in the ass to play, but it's quite, it's a lot harder to play because you're using the movement of yes. aircraft and stuff. So you've got to, You've got to really be able to think like two or three moves ahead, kind of thing. Yes, yes, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. You can't so it's, do it's a, a certain change of direction. You, you don't want to introduce anybody to the undaunted system with Battle of Britain. Is no, the, you know, <coughs> no, um, no, no. Um, so, but I'm interested to see because, but he's always had those kind of constraints then. Because obviously you can't like say undaunted North Africa. You can't all of a sudden say right, the jeep's going to take off and fly like Back to the Future. <laughs> You know, he can't do that. He's always had the yeah. constraints. So I'm going to be interested to see what happens when he is presented, when he's presenting a system like Callisto, which isn't going to have any constraints. If he's he's going to have kind of invading robots or if he's going to have kind of like air support and stuff like that, I'm interested to see kind of what, what kind of happens. But when, when I first heard about Callisto, and for anybody who's who doesn't know what we mean, Callisto is is essentially the new sci-fi version, yeah, of Undaunted, set in this Callisto world. We don't really know anything about it at this no. point, do we? Um, <clears throat> initially, I was just like, "Oh, excellent!" Because I'm big. I'm a I'm a sci-fi guy. So at first, I was like, "Oh, that's going to be amazing." And then I almost instantly recoiled. I went, "Oh, actually, it kind of like I know the game itself will be very good." Yes, because it's the Undaunted system and. And it's David Thompson, and, and he's, you know, I know it will be solid. I absolutely know that for a fact. But I don't know anything about this Callisto world. If if that's just not that good or not that interesting, then it'll probably fall on its ass for many, you know. Um, I think it might. I think the sci-fi thing. I think, um, and war gamers are a crowd, and they are a people. And they're very selective about what they play, and they're very defensive, sometimes overly defensive about what they constitutes a kind of a war game. <laughs> um, <laughs> like Memoir Forty Four, that's a war game, right? Yeah, votes for women <laughs> <laughs> won an award for the yeah. war game. It did. It won an award as a war game. So you know, there you go. But, um, <coughs> yeah, I'm interested to see if they can still consider, if there might be a little bit of snobbery for folk to say, well, yeah, this, we wanted you to do kind of maybe, um, why can't you do this kind of front instead? Why can't you do kind of like something based in kind of slightly northern Europe? Why can't you do something on the east? You know, they did Stalingrad, mm. which I've st- I've got to get my hands on. Yeah, I'd, 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 I haven't, like... I haven't like urged to get Stalingrad because I know it's a campaign thing and and it's a lot less likely I'll get a chance to truly see it through. Um, mm. But I really want to get Battle of Britain. Um, I keep I haven't got like all I've actually got at the moment is is Normandy and, and North Africa. But um, I, I would like to get the um, 
the reinforcement spot because that allows you to do the solo version of it, doesn't it? And I heard yeah. the solo version isn't like amazing and it's a bit clunky and there's like kind of like you're doing a lot of what's the word I'm looking for? Like maintenance. You're, you're doing a lot of keeping up with stuff, you know, yeah, than playing yeah, the yeah. game. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. <clears throat> but I think I would still like to really give it a try and I, I just have so much respect for the system in general. Um, but yeah, I mean, I could see why people will probably go like, oh, well, why haven't you done Pacific is is an easy one. Why, yeah, why suppose, haven't you done yeah. Undaunted Pacific yet? Yeah. You know? yeah. Uh, or, or even Undaunted uh, of the Seas, like they, they, they've done Battle of Britain. Where's the naval? Like, yeah. You know, um, you know. And, and, and it wouldn't surprise me if all of that is in the works. Probably I is. mean, at this point, David probably has a lot less to do on Undaunted. You know, it, it's the the system is there, and he probably he probably balances and develops it and stuff more so than actually has to design it now. I mean, that job sort of done, and it, it gets tweaked. He probably isn't he isn't probably up to his knees in it so much anymore, is he? But maybe I mean I heard I heard um, FK and Elaine talk about this on the no the no no pun included um, podcast, saying that they and they're under the and their thing they thought kind of like Stalingrad was the excellence kind of swan song for the series I have heard yeah, yeah. it was kind of like the best of the best and everything was wrapped up and there was this beautiful kind of semi kind of legacy game if I was <clears throat> if I was David I would be like well what else can I do there's maybe a part of him to say well if I put out a war game based on any of these theatres of war People are going to buy it because they love the series. Maybe this is him saying, "Well, I'm attesting Let's see myself what else here. We could do. Yeah. What else yeah. if you kind of like that? And if it works, then it kind of opens them up to being able to do kind of all of of kind of X X Y Z. So I'm yeah. I'm kind of interested. But general orders, um, there is going to be a written review very soon. <laughs> but yeah, I've kind of you know people that have played it so far. My son kind of like my son basically said. That is my game. That is my kind of game. I like that, and he also really, really liked Blitzkrieg. So it's a, it's a fine, it's a damn good comparison. Um, the only other game that I've played with a little bit, I played Viticulture, which um, I wrote, I reviewed recently. I don't want to. I'm not going to talk about Viticulture. Viticulture is right up there in one of my favourite games. I just love it. It's, it's a borderline perfect worker placement game. It's just, I love it. I, there's just nothing fabulous. more it's just it's just you know I, I can do you know what we've reached the point now where we've <clears> played it enough that there's not people that are learning the game now and now that everybody's kind of working on that oh, little strategy they're the and they're the best kind of game so there's nobody kind of really really kind of <clears> struggling <throat> to the rules <clears throat> the other only other game that I mentioned before we move on to probably what we'd like to get to the table soon and I've got one I think you <clears> might like really really like um, I played um, and I want to get the name right on this I want to get the name. I don't want to mess up this because it's. I keep. I had it in my. I had it in my mind one one way, <laughs> and it's called Kinfire Chronicles: Nightfall, and the box is huge. I know the and, game. I know nothing uh, about it though. It's kind of like, um, it's going down the line of like kind of like your jaws of the lion. Kind of Gloomhaven, ah. campaign type game. 
and there's like acrylic miniatures and basically you are one of the kin you're one of the kinfire seekers and what you try to do is there's something something's happened in the land and you're trying to basically kind of find out what's kind of going on in the land and you do it in kind of like an episodic type thing so you've got little acrylic acrylic miniatures it's a deck driven kind of game and there's two sides to it being deck driven one of the deck one of the deck one of the deck driven parts is the main kind of combat and movement and it smacks of gloomhaven you know it's card driven con it's card driven combat um and then there's the kind of the choose your own adventure part where you um you visit places you pick a card you read that you do an action you gain items that's going to help kind of increase experience um and then there's kind of like different chapters and when you play a game you've got like a as seems to be a standard now it's very jaws of the lion in this in that you've kind of got like the ring binder oh yeah you play you booklet so you yeah. open it up you place your beautifully i must say beautifully illustrated i'm actually it, reminded it, the artwork is beautiful yeah. i'm reminded of the dragon prince in terms of the artwork it's kind of like that kind of kind of level it's also got a little bit like a slightly more realistic uh avatar the last airbender kind of yes, I was look say to that. it yes um yes if yes. you took if you took that like three stages of realism up Yes, you get that. It's got that kind of color palette to it. Yes, uh, yeah, yes, um, yes, yeah. But it's 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 a cooperative game by <clears throat> kind of design, um, and it's a fully cooperative game in terms of the battle, the way that the kind of the battle works, in the um, and it's kind of like it's got it mixes a couple of different mechanics. So when you play a game, and and, and most of the game is most of the game is based on kind of fighting off kind of various various creatures. But you'll have like um, you have a bag of chits, and in each of the chits you either have enemy chits which are numbered one to twelve, or you have seeker tokens, and you decide who takes the next turn by shaking the bag, taking a chit out, and then if it's a number. Uh, each the enemies the enemies have their sections kind of broken up so the the top section might be one to four the second right. section and down might be five to nine and the final section might be like ten to twelve so if you take out bag if you take out chit number say five then what you'll do is you'll do the enemy action for that enemy based on number five and what that action is right. on like number the five move they make yes yeah, right. the move oh, that they cool. make basically and so they'll charge towards it. Um, They'll have a focus, and when they focus on you and they go to attack you, then the character <clears throat> they're attacking can get backed up. It's all about cooperation. So if you're if you're defending, then the character part of your team, they can help you by contributing a card to help you block. They can contribute a block card that will help you resist the damage. You've also got armor that you're allowed to. The armor is basically you get additional armor cards. If you've got two armor cards, that'll remove two bits of damage. But if you use your armor cards to remove the damage, you've then got to you've got to discard one of the cards 
So your armor kind of decreases to symbolize you've just taken a big hit and it's probably cracked (laughs) your shield or cracked your armor. So it's pretty kind of kind of cool. But then on the attacking side of things, you go ahead and you can either there's obviously there's lot the normal kind of range attack and there's melee attack. But then if you go ahead and attack somebody the other player or your other companions can play cards that match the colour of your attack to boost it. And so you can chain things together and you can apply kind of boosts. And um and then it can kind of continues going back and forward. You you have you have you you keep playing kind of cards. You get kind of like you get status effects. So there's like um as the game goes, you might want to hurt and you might want to hit an enemy. And if you hit an enemy, you can put a status on them. But what that status does is it covers up their action. So if their action is they they swing their tail around and they hurt everybody in the same space for like four damage. If on your previous attack you gave them like a hurt status, then you take a card from a pile and you place it over their attack. So before they attack, they hurt them. They basically they've they're shown that they're hurt. So basically, you can end up kind of like applying multiple statuses to like an enemy, and at the same time, you can have like statuses applied to you. You can end up being kind of like um, have being exhausted, and you've got you you have a hand of like seven cards. So you play your cards, and then once you once you have no more action cards, not necessarily no more cards, but no more cards that have an action. You've then got to discard the rest of your hand. If you've got, if you discard a, if you discard an exhausted card in your hand, you got to take damage because basically you've worn yourself out you so spent, much that yeah. you're actually, you basically you've hurt yourself before you kind of start again. There's also um, you refresh the bag, so there's tokens in the bag that basically kind of lead. You're spending tokens. So you're pulling tokens and the enemies are fighting and then you're fighting and then the enemies are tight. You end up with a big pile of tokens in front of you. And at some point you'll also get heart tokens that you play or also kind of void tokens that you play. Hmm. And they go on a timer. And once all the spaces are filled up on this timer, then everything goes back into the bag. And it's a pain in the ass because it means everything resets. And it means the enemies... The enemies have obviously got a finite number of attacks. Right. Because once yeah. they've once they, now if they, they're lethal again, you know. Yeah. If yeah. they draw like that five less token, predictable. Yeah. 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 You start to see right. Okay. There's yeah, only so much you, they can do now. And blah, yeah, blah, blah, yeah. 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 You can see. You know. If they, if you've if you've went off, I've, I've seen that they've they've already tried <clears> to attack me unsuccessfully, and they've used you know three, four, six, five, seven, and eight. Yeah. Then I know that you know there's less likely. What I can do is when I'm play because you get a choice of where you place your heart or your confuse tokens or whatever cards or whatever. So you might say, well, the chances of this then drawing the this the the top attack are pretty high because everything else is spent. So I'll place a heart token there. Yeah. Or a heart card there, and then knowing that if the enemy that if the, if you draw it, there's more chance of drawing that kind of chip. And then they automatically get hurt. So there's a lot of kind of kind of mitigation, but it just, um, it kind of works. It kind of works really, really well. There's nice. It's, again, it's very, very jaws of the line in terms of, it's introducing you to how this game kind of plays over a series of chapters, and a series of rounds. So you kind of have tuck boxes. They're big kind of chapter tuck boxes. There's like twenty one of them. 
and you open up the thing and it gives you like the enemy you might be facing or it gives you the deck of cards in relation to where you're visiting and the choices you've got to make and and it'll also introduce kind of more mechanics um i'm kind of and it's a huge box I mean, it's a 30 by 30 by 40 size box. It's a big, it's a big cube box. I mean, it's kind of gloom. But it's also um, not as... And I've heard this said of Frosthaven. It's not as labour intensive. As in, you can sit down. Like, what I've been doing is I've been um, sitting down um, at night playing through a chapter. Chapter takes about an hour, hour 15 minutes. You can play through a chapter. And then if you get to an adventure chapter, it'll probably even take less time. So you can do two or three chapters. Right. You can do at least one or two chapters in a night quite easily. And there's 21 chapters. But the, the kind of the artwork and um, the fact is you feel kind of slightly in control in terms of the combat, that you're kind of boosting each other kind of back and forward. And you can get some good chains and stuff like yeah. that. But it doesn't seem to be, um, there's not kind of like, there's world building there, but there's not kind of like all the administration around the world building. So it's kind of, I'm kind of, in, I've been enjoying that. It sounds and pretty I, good. It's just, it's Has just. Has it got an element of potential, you could overthink a turn, because you could be very, you could really kind of math it out, because you, you've got that kind of open information sort of thing. Yes. So can, can you get to the point where as that combat goes on and gaps have been filled and stuff like that, so you could really sit there and be like, right, okay, so there's only three things here, da 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 you could get a little bit over analytical of it. I'd say yes, absolutely. I mean I think um it's surprisingly enough, I don't think it's player dependent. I think you would probably have it works really, really... Mm. It, you'd probably have a point where you kind of, like, stop and say, right, I need to do... I mean, the first kind of the first kind of couple of battles that you do, when you get into your third or fourth battle, you are starting to look at the chits because there are cards that you get that say, just redraw this chit. So you can basically get a chit, and it's the enemy attacking, and you can say, right, I'm not going to draw this one, I'll just stick it back in the bag. You're obviously, it's like taking another, it's like yeah. taking a second go at the chat. But there's also kind of like, um, there's kind of like tokens that you can use which allow you to mitigate the risk. You get every every kind of adventure, you get given a certain, um, you get a certain number of uh, Kinfire tokens that allow you to, you can trade these Kinfire tokens in and it allows you to draw four, four chits out the bag pick one of them and then basically stick the other three back in. Right. So depending, so at one point I was like, um, I was, I was, it was, it gets down to the line. That was always exciting. You don't feel like you're steamrolling over people. But there's one point it's like, if any of your party kind of like end up unconscious, then that's it, game's over. Right. You know, you have to start the whole kind of thing again. So you get to the point where you're kind of like, I have to use this. I have to use this power because I have to. I have to kind of like be in control of what happens. So there is a way to mitigate the kind of the randomness of, of, you know, these things could happen, and if that thing happens, I'm screwed. So I've got to do everything I can to make sure that doesn't happen. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Because there's one things like, say, for instance, you can get like powers where. 
um, you can do because you can stack up kind of like hearts and confuses and stuns and everything like that so you can stack them on top of each other so there's ways of saying well the, the, the odds that you know out of the two enemies or three enemies that I've got this guy's definitely going to come up really really soon because he's not had any chits at all so I'm basically going to lay I'm going to lay when he comes on to play he's going to get he's going to basically get hurt twice and then he's not going to be able to attack there so there's ways of kind of mitigating it but it just kind of um it just kind of flows quite quite um quite nicely for me it's kind of have not you, uh, have you ever heard of the game bolt action the water yes just game bolt action? Oh, have you yes. ever played it no because <laughs> it it uses essentially the same logic so yeah. each unit has a dice mm. and it's an order dice so when you when you have that you you put it next to them and it might say rallied them or a shoot or advance or whatever you know whatever advance. Yeah. but all of those dice go into a bag and each yeah. each turn you draw a dice and go oh it's a German so you hand it to the German player and they uh, activate a unit and then they do their thing boom, activate act so you get these great ebbs and flows of like you know you might go like oh bloody hell your dice again go oh your dice again go and then but then but then they get to that point of like oh yeah it's me again oh it's me again and then it gets <laughs> to that point of like oh hang on a minute it's me again you're going to go batshit crazy on me soon because yeah. all of this is going to swing back at me and but then you also get that ele- that that brilliant tactical element because you go right well okay now it's back in my favor but okay so those things over there have all activated so i don't need to worry about activating my forces that are opposing yeah. them i'll yeah. get to them in a yeah. minute but this yeah. guy in front of this guy who hasn't activated now i'm going to lay into him so so you get that i, I love that system that, yeah. that yeah. you get such a great ebb and flow of like and it's 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 always your turn kind of thing mm. because mm. you know um yeah. so that I, yeah. I like the fact that that's in this yeah. Fire chronicles and that it sounds really cool it's got not it's got a nice little loot box as well so <clears throat> there's kind of like uh as you go and travel and uh, and you you can but you'll be able to buy weapons but you're only allowed to have you're only allowed to have a deck of 18 cards um so you'll be putting you'll be replacing cards that you've got in your hand to make them more kind of powerful but as you explore you're going to pick up treasure and that's in kind of like sealed packs that you open up that contain kind of information as well so it's all just i don't know i wanted something that was kind of like an adventure but not have the kind of the this sounds weird, but not the huge world building side of things. You know, the kind of the administration and this kind of, right. I, I want something, if I want to jump in, I want to be able to jump in because my time is usually a case of pretty, pretty kind of short. Um, so that's kind of good. Um, yeah, so that's what I've been doing. In terms of games that you're looking to get to the table pretty soon. Uh, what have I got? So, uh, I have I have some things coming which I'm very much looking forward to. Um, a friend of mine was having a clear out, um, and he had core space. Oh, for, uh, which is something I've never managed to pick up, and I always wanted to pick up, and I thought it, it looked really cool. It's good, and, and if you've never seen core space, it's made by a company. I think the company is Battle Systems. Yeah, I think, yeah, um, and they kind of made themselves famous with this really detailed artwork cardboard terrain which i think kind of started off as as like sci-fi and like dungeon 
Dungeons and Dragons kind of, uh-huh. you know, uh-huh. for that sort of thing for for role players. And then they made their their sci-fi game, Core Space, and they did a Kickstarter campaign last year, this year, last year, for Maladum, which is like the fantasy version. But I only actually found out the other day it's actually it's a fantasy version of Core Space, but it's actually a post-apocalyptic version of core space so it's the sci-fi world that's that's all kind of gone to shit and it's kind of gone back to uh like a medieval type thing so so stuff from the futuristic looking sci-fi stuff will turn up in this old world looking post-apocalyptic fantasy stuff so well, I, just... I had no idea about that so i'm intrigued um <clears throat> so yeah you, you you make this really cool environment and you kind of play it's got a little bit of that kind of your 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 like groups and bands of people in core space it's kind of got that firefly feel you know um, oh yeah yeah yeah, yeah like yeah, yeah. Yeah. firefly han solo-esque vibe about the characters you play and you come up against like these androids and, and all sorts of different things um and it apparently it plays really well solo really well cooperatively so i think it could be something really good fun for me and elliot elliot's been desperate to get into uh an adventure game because he's been seeing me and my mates play oh sworn and he thinks it looks amazing and he kind of loves the idea of this like ongoing yeah, 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 thing yeah, yeah yeah and we did we did start orc quest and i thought orc quest was really good fun we played the first one i thought it was really good fun but it was it was quite clunky and it was like i felt like I was having to kind of give him his options, whereas I think in a really good system, he kind of could see what his options are. You know what I mean? I'm looking forward to Dungeon Saga Origins coming from Mantic, because that's, I think, I think it will be also a really great one, um, because it's just good classic hero quest-esque, you know, (laughs) which is what, which got me into where I am today. Um, but I hope, but but the core space thing, I think potentially as well. But also, we've got Hellboy, and I've tried Hellboy a few times, and I think Hellboy is really great again from Mantic. Um, so, uh, and we were going to try it the other week, but I couldn't for the life of me find where it was, and I found it today. So, so I think me and him are going to try Hellboy and see what he thinks of that, because again, it's very very. I I think Mantic rule systems are one of the most underrated things in. Not so much the board game world because it's not really the world they're in. They're really more in the miniatures world, but some of their stuff is board game adjacent. But in in the miniatures game world, their rule systems are. I am such a massive fan of all of the Mantic games I've ever played, and even there, like they have Kings of War, which is their kind of big, it's like their version of Warhammer yeah. Fantasy. Yeah. You know, it's like yeah. lined up ranked units of fantasy creatures, which I hated when I was younger. I hated Warhammer. I was always a 40k player. I couldn't stand trying to figure out how to make this box move to yeah. attack something. It's like it was trying to. <laughs> it was like trying to attack with a cross-channel ferry. You know, it's just like it's like it doesn't. It's like this doesn't work. You know, <laughs> you know, yeah. kind of thing. But their games are so good, in my opinion, that I think I'd actually like Kings of War. Um, I have enough I have enough on my plate to not need to get into something like that as well. Yeah. So yeah, they're they're one of the things I've got on my plate uh, that I'm really looking forward to. We're 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 still in, really into O Sworn, so we're playing the fourth we played the third encounter on Wednesday and had an absolute blast and we got the fourth encounter that we should be playing on Wednesday again. Uh, I'm just 
blown away how good Oathsworn is. It's such a truly fabulous game. Um, and so getting, other than that, getting to the table, um, I want to play more Age of Comics. I really liked Age of Comics and I've played it uh, two or three times now. Is that the one Delisio went on about or is that something else? A comics related game? Oh no, that was the comic comic book hunters or comic hunters which was, oh, right. came out of brazil and it was right. actually marvel licensed but it couldn't be marvel licensed anywhere else in the world so ah. it's like really hard to get hold of that's a really cool look, looking game but i haven't had a chance to play it yet no age of comics is um game that just kind of recently fulfilled from a kickstarter of the previous year by lyrius games um and it's set you're a comic book studio set in the kind of golden age of comics mm, yeah yeah so um and it's just a really good classic worker placement game it plays like like kind of every worker placement game but it gets quite cutthroat towards the end of it yeah, you know yeah, yeah. um but the theme is just dripping off it it's so well produced you know really really cool game and i really like it um, what else have I been? I've been definitely wanting to get something else to the table, but they're 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 the they're the major ones. Uh, All right, course, core space and and Hellboy will probably be the me and Elliot. Well, I've got a pile. Oh, because I do have a pile, but uh, I mean, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna. I There's mean, cream you can get for that. He- <laughs> I'm too old for that. I'm like, I'm like bladder rack, you know. <laughs> After it's been out in the sun for a while, I'm just sitting down and they're just popping off. No, there's nothing. There's nothing I can do about it. I literally sound like kind of like I, I literally sound like a board gamer when he's opening up a parcel. <laughs> you know that's 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 what's happening. I'm I'm kind of like you know I'm thinking of changing my middle name to Bubble Wrap. Um, you know. <laughs> um. So I've got a couple of I've got a couple of things couple of things yeah. to look forward to. The first one is this oh, Brotherwise I've Games. Just this, I've just had this arrive as well. Yes, Empire's yeah. End, Brotherwise Empire's Games, End. and the only reason that I kind of looked at it is because it's got John D. Clare's name to it next to it, and uh, uh, John's my boy. Um, you know, he's done he's done quite a few kind of games that have always been on the really really big side. Yeah. So when I saw when I saw Empire's End was going to be a relatively s- small one, then I kind of thought this. Other one, very quickly, Feudum. Yeah, I know everybody makes that. You know, people it's, are either like I, I, the thumbs look up. of Feudum looks amazing, but it, yeah, I remember always hearing the reviews of Feudum, and it sounded like it was quite heavy and a bit clunky. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, it's like yeah, yeah. but it, I mean. There it's are gonna very st- few games that look as cool as Feudum. Yeah, I know, and I just want to... I mean, I opened it up, and it's got, like, the little kind of monster thing. Um, but one of the ones... The, the two main ones I want to... Have you heard of this? I have heard of that. Yeah, Paul's, it's, it's so, solo I, only, I keep showing it? stuff to Luke instead of... It's like we're almost having a forgetting <laughs> we're recording, but Halls of Hegra. Solo game, oh. yeah. It's an absolutely solo game. Yeah, it yeah. is. It is it based looks around cool. really cool. I mean, that cover is Nor- unreal. From the abandoned mountain fortresses, you command a group of Norwegian volunteers fighting numerically superior German forces. Apparently, it's hard as nails. It's really, really difficult. It's really, really tricky, and it yeah. sounds absolutely like it's something I'm going to love. Um, I'm just trying to think what else. Mm, we've got mm, no. Nah, I'm not going to talk about that one. 
Oh, well, just show me what show me what show me what it was at least. In, in our... Oh, I don't care about that. No. <laughs> <laughs> That's a little bit of a nugget of intrigue for the people. No, I don't care. Not my thing. Okay, 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 okay. Um, I've got I've got this one, but I don't know about this one. Oh, you know what? I played played it once. Yeah. And when I played it, I was like, so can we say what you, what you just showed me? <laughs> yeah, tapestry. Yeah, ta- ta- yeah, tapestry. Tapestry. Yeah, yeah tapestry. Um, tapestry. Yeah, I played it once uh, when it first came out. Uh, I think before they'd released all the balancing, <laughs> the balancing PDF of, ah. of, of, of all that. Um, and, I, you know, I enjoyed it. I was like, yeah, that's a cool game. It's got nothing to do with civilizations. Um, uh, but I like the mechanics of it and it's very pretty and it's very pretty but I must admit it's one of those ones that I've been I think for the last sort of six months I've been like if I see that come up for a good price second hand I'll pick that up because I think I'd really enjoy it I'm intrigued by it I'm intrigued by the multiple the Uh, multiple kind of no I haven't not yet Ah. it's on the pile but it's it's a multiple track in a game I've watched um, he who he who shall not be on this podcast, even if he begs Rodney Smith's playthrough video, uh, watch it played, and he just kind of like it's kind of like go up the tracks, and then, but depending, but what I've heard is depending on depending on the civilization that you get, yeah, some of them will just steamroller you into hundreds yeah. and hundreds of points, and other ones you'll be like sitting at five and going, what did I do wrong? So I'm interested to see kind of how it plays over the next kind of things. Um, I've been playing this. Oh, yeah, the to- toy... The Snapshot toy tactics. tactics. yeah. Is it yeah. good? It's amazing. It's not, it's not, is it really? It's so, it's so good. It's, it's not so, just a gimmick. It's, it's not just so a toy that they it, made into a board game. You know, better than X-wing. I'm just not. I'm not saying, but yeah, okay. Is right. it really? It, I, no, it's probably not. But you know, I really like it. It's kind of <laughs> like a it's really got, good game, though, is it? Yeah. Yeah, I've got a re- I've got a written review coming out, which is why I can't kind of go. It, no. Okay. But it's, yeah, it's 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 bad. It's a bad game. Bad game. It's potentially a good game. <laughs> but this is right. But this is the main one. And I want, I want your thoughts, right? Yeah. Resident Evil. Yeah. And that's coming to the table. I've got to get up. I've, I've already been mucking about with it a bit. And that's one of the ones I want to get to the table. Because I've got Resident Evil 3. And I enjoyed it. I enjoyed the tension. I really, really liked it. It was a really, really fun game. So I'm interested to see how they kind of match the tension of the first game and the puzzles of the first game. Because Sherwin, who designed the game, was on the show. But I'm interested to see how, you know, what what works and what doesn't work. Because Resident yeah. Evil 3, in my opinion, Resident Evil 3 was becoming the kind of like, there was hordes of zombies coming after you. Resident Evil 1, there's very much a lesser... yeah amount of enemies to kind of deal with and I'm just wondering how the, the, the kind of the puzzle elements and the tension elements kind of work I still so never that, truly understood why they released them in the order they released those in um, I think it was to do with re-releases of 
the original video games. I think they got remastered. I can tell you the answer to the question, and that is exactly the reason yeah, why. Because yeah. I, I have worked with Steamforge, and I know Steamforge well. I think I had that discussion with one of them, and I was like, okay, yeah, fine, makes sense. Yeah. Um, so, uh, so I think it was to do with 25th anniversaries or something like yeah. that. I think it was to do yeah. with 25th anniversaries of, like, three, maybe? Or maybe it was the 20th anniversary, but they released that one and then they had two and one in the background and then this is all hang on yeah. until we're going to do that. I just, obviously the sculpts are really, really good. The card stuff's going to be good. The rule book's okay-ish, but then I played three, so I kind of know what I'm going to be expected. It doesn't have, I'm just going to see if it's going to still have the kind of the, like the kind of the, the kind of the tension kind of stuff. So we'll see. Have you so there's a lot, lot of Steamforge stuff? Yes. I, well, I've I have played Horizon Zero Dawn. I, have I haven't played Horizon Zero Dawn. I like that. Um, I haven't played Horizon Zero Dawn because I tried the actual video game and I just found it oddly dull. You so watch your mouth. Me. You Sorry. watch your it was filthy very mouth. It's, it's not... a cool world and I, I, I wanted to love it. But... I can't help it if you've got no taste fair, <laughs> in fair video enough, games. Um but like, whenever was it not I play FIFA so- enough for you? Is that what the problem was? Do I look was like a FIFA that- guy? <laughs> I was going to say, there wasn't enough shooty, shooty, bang, bang, Call of Duty. Yeah. <laughs> no. <laughs> um, every time I play something Steamforged, I'm, I, I'm just waiting for that Steamforged game that makes me go, oh, that was bloody awesome. Every time I play a Steamforged game, I'm like, oh, that was fine. And it's always just a bit, I never, I've never thought they were bad. I haven't played Dark Souls, which I know people, a lot of people had a lot of issues with Dark Souls. Yeah. Um. But I played Bard Sung, and I was like, there's some aspects of Bard Sung that I love, and I think it's really cool. Mm-hmm. And then there's some aspects that kind of draw it back again, so it kind of just sits in that middle, you know. Um, Bard Sung's on my list of games that I'd cool love to try. And, Beautiful miniatures. I really love yeah, the yeah. style and the aesthetic yeah, yeah. of it. Um, yeah. But yeah, I just always feel like Steamforged, they always just fall a little, not flat, but just like, that's oh, fine. You know, I'm, ne- I'm never going to be sort of like, I've got to tell my friends about this game, you know, kind of thing. Um, so just waiting for that one from them. I wonder, and this is the, and this is, this is my thoughts behind this, is if it's to do with restrictions as in uh, when you look at all the stuff that they do like Horizon Zero Dawn Horizon Zero Dawn and stuff like that there's always like four or five boxes I mean Resident Evil's going to have an expansion in it no problem at all Resident Evil 3 did have an expansion I think Resident Evil 2's got an expansion Horizon Zero Dawn had about there's about nine or ten boxes yes (laughs) it's like if if there's two base sets there's not one yes. place to start from. No. No. There's two. No. <laughs> so, well, hang on a minute. What do you mean there's two? Exactly. You know, it's like, you know, Exactly. Um, and that, it all gets a bit, you know. Um, so I'm just wondering, right, okay, so if I, you're a, you know, you're a cook. I know you're a good cook. I look at your food and sometimes need to remind myself I just can't take my trousers down anywhere. Um, <laughs> it's just... So bad. <laughs> but what I'm saying is, right, if I 
if I put you into, if I let you have access to my fridge, my freezer, my larder, my cupboards, and said pick anything you want, then it's likely to be. I mean, you'll probably put something together which is kind of pretty, pretty good. But I don't know if you're always putting together the get the best of the ingredients that's kind of there because yeah. you've got you've got so much choice. So much. Yeah. Whereas if I did like a technical kind of like, you know, a technical challenge like they do in MasterChef and say, okay, you've got 15 ingredients. Yeah. This is all you've got. Do the best with what you've got. I wonder if because if you've got the ability to just continually develop until you decide you've got to stop. And I some, I've always wondered what, you know, I know that, um, I know that things like Sea of Thieves is out. And I know that's pretty much, that's a single box game. Mm. But surprisingly enough, it's been very quiet. I've not heard an awful lot about I, that at I all. I said this because you know? Mike, Mike Delicio at Essen, the, yeah. the Dice Tower booth, they were doing like a come and play yeah. with the Dice Tower crew. And, you know, they're all playing different games. And one of the ones, the first one I think I saw was Mike playing Sea of Thieves. Yeah. And um, I even spoke to Ben from Steve Forged at Essen. I was like, I said, "Why the hell did you not do a big Kickstarter for Sea of Thieves? That just that just sounds like an obvious, yeah, steam forged campaign of a big yeah. Kickstarter campaign for Sea of Thieves, you know, yeah." Um, and uh, you know, they they seemed so like it was very much like they just didn't need it, and they kind of want, you know, they they don't want to just always be doing campaigns, and they want to, you know, so. And from what I gather, really good game, you know, and maybe there's an element of that. You know, it was restricted and it had to be a retail yeah. level game, you know. Yeah. Um yeah. and I had this discussion, a kind of similar discussion with somebody at Aircon West that, you know, have you played the game Pray Another Day? No, I haven't. No. Do you know the game I'm talking about? No, I don't. So oh, I don't I haven't got it. So it's uh essentially Yeah. If you take Love Letter Yes. And the assassin aspect of Citadels. Yes. Right. This is the game you've got. So you've got condensed love letter. So it's like the guard aspect mm. of of, uh, of love letter. Yeah. The assassin of Citadels. The, if you take just that little nugget of those two games, you make this game of it. So everybody has five cards. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You've got a uh, mouse, mouse, uh, owl, lynx, jaguar, bear. Something mm -hmm. like a wolf. Wolf, mm -hmm. yeah, no. Bear, wolf, lynx, owl, mouse, right? Five, four, three, two, one. Going yeah. down in that order. <clears throat> At the start of the turn, you put one of them face down in front of you. And somebody will go, bear. And if you've if you've got bear, you turn over bear. Yeah. If you're the only person who's turned over bear, then you get to go hunting. And uh -huh. you call out one of the further down the line. Yes things and if anybody has that chosen you have hunted those ones and bumped there out of the round you carry on into the round if when he says bear two people chose bear then none of them could bear can go hunting but you're still in the round right yeah and you do that till one person's in the round and he, and if if the, if they're the only person by the end of it they get two points and it's first to five points if if you get to the end and there's three after three sort of rounds of that if more than one person is still in it you'd look at the amount of points that the tallied up so obviously mm. if they used lesser animals 
they've got more points to do so and they might win or if you get ties etc you get one point so it's just this really really beautiful condensed and amazing game and i said it, it kind of really blows my mind and almost i'm almost annoys the hell out of me that somebody could come up with such a fabulous brilliant little game from five cards you know that that's that so much in this little thing from so little stuff you know that takes true i think skill and amazing level of des- design and 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 restraint and everything i said because when you take like these big adventure games like bardsung or dungeon saga or, or all these these yeah yeah, games, yeah anybody could design that game if you have the limit to just keep adding shit in yeah you know anybody could do it but to be able to be restrained and hold stuff back and limit it and streamline it and make it the perfect polished version that it could be that takes true skill and and is a far far greater achievement in an end result than just this giant thing where you just went yeah just keep chucking stuff in because really at the end of the day it's become so unwieldy that that it doesn't almost doesn't work you know unless you put copious amounts of energy into making it work you know there's uh, i mean to be honest there's a storage side <clears throat> of things as well oh, i mean yeah he, he, i mean <laughs> you, you know i mean that's one of these uh whoa yeah it's okay marvel united yeah yeah next to foundations of rome (laughs) yes marvel united takes up a lot of space i know yeah that's just yeah yeah but yeah i'd like i don't know i kind of like because when i see that's why when i saw general going back to general orders when i saw the box was this size i was like nah but there's clearly a hell of a lot of game in that very because they were box. talking about it like when they were talking about it, they were i was under the impression that like when somebody says to me worker placement i think like i automatically think like viticulture or something like that yeah. that's what the size well I, I had assumed that general orders box was the same size as the undaunted box that's, that's what uh, i thought as well portrait yeah. you know yeah uh, yeah you know, um so it's an when interesting I first thing. thought it was that i was like Oh, mm. that's not what I expected. <laughs> it's, <laughs> not, know, the, it's not. You know. <laughs> it actually fits. It actually fits. It actually fits in a bag. You know, um, yeah. expeditions. You have a lot to learn from because that's a bag. But <laughs> that's is it. Just, I saw that Echo West. Yeah. Wow. That is a big box. Yeah. It is. You got to wonder about that. You know, what else that box could be? T- there's obviously rooms for expansions. I'm not gonna say I I liked expeditions. I think there's some designers that you kind of like. You really enjoy their. You enjoy their designs, yeah. and you kind of you click with them, um, and you know you just kind of get on. So there you go. So, hopefully, by the time we talk again, I'll have empires. Do you know what we should do? Both try and get empires end played, and oh. then the next time we talk, we can have a chat about empires end. What we think? What we think that'll be. That would be interesting. And everybody's listening going, what, is this some kind of deal? Is this some kind of promise? Go- no, 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 no. I might deal even edit it. Yeah. All right, so which one's which then? Ah, <laughs> 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 oh, well. Ah, oh, well. Right. It's time to call this madness to a close. You have hit a record. <laughs> you said go for an hour. I was like, <laughs> <laughs> 
did that. I don't know. Just, just what's that all about? What's that all about? Gonna have to go power lift. Gonna like have to go downstairs and power lift some forgiveness for being away for so long. That's what I'm gonna have to do. No fat on this. It's been um, lovely talking to you, sir. As it's always, always yes. We shall definitely. What we shall do is we shall, if people want to find you on the internet webs, where do you exist, Mister Pryor? Not that we don't uh, know. YouTube channel is standard tabletop. It's not doing anything for a while, or uh, it will do something again one day. I'm but gonna, you'll, you'll see me on Facebook. I'm gonna like totally embarrass you to keep kind of like I'm gonna keep bringing it up, <laughs> and you kind of go, and I'll just like, keep banging that drum. I, you know? did, a, I did a video. No, will you cough? <laughs> Please take it. This will mean something now. Exactly. Yeah, I've done it. I've achieved. Um, and if you want, I mean, follow us where you get your podcast catcher of choice. Go to we'renotwizards.co.uk, we'renotwizards.com, we'renotwizardstabletop.com, which is where the blog is. Now I've done some f- mucking about. And if you like what you've listened to, there's a couple of things you can do. Tell other people about us. That's a good thing. Give us a rating or a review on your podcast catcher of choice. Spotify is always nice at the moment, but mostly tell somebody else. It could be their Christmas gift. If you're thinking about Christmas <laughs> and you don't particularly like that person, a distant uncle or somebody that you don't particularly like anymore, <laughs> send us this, send, give us, send them a link to this podcast and then say Merry Christmas to them and you'll either excite them beyond their wildest dreams or they shall remind you while you never... You only see them like once every three or four years. Um, <laughs> I don't know where I'm going with this. I don't know either. There's only two more things to do. The first thing is to remember we're many things, but we're not wizards. Are we wizards, Luke? Don't you no, f- I'm not a wizard. Don't I you promise. dare. <laughs> don't you? <laughs> so every guest recently has been I'm like, not a wizard. Oh, I'm a wizard. And I'm like that. All right. Scumbags. There's a lot of them. Oh, I'm definitely not a wizard. Definitely not. And the second thing is to say goodbye. So it's goodbye. <laughs> so it's a guy. It's a goodbye from me. It's a goodbye from him. <laughs> Until next time. <laughs> goodbye. Goodbye. A wizard is never linked. <laughs>